kind of makes you a more beautiful person when you're able to like hear what people are saying about you and grow from it and learn from it a little bit and let that be your guiding light you know and you don't have to hold on to things too much we don't really have to necessarily give ourselves a whole bunch of pressure um from those ideas but i think the idea is that we kind of carry them with us instead of carrying them on top of us hello beauty yes you Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hey everyone, Joyce Platon here, and welcome to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Michael Paul Lane. He's the founder of Karaskuro. Karaskuro is a luxury brand for those unique individuals that choose to live a life of contrasting experiences. Welcome to Hello Beauty, Michael. Well, hello, Joyce. We I'm, finally did it. I know. I'm so excited for this because you're such a dear, dear friend of mine. Yeah, and I know we've yeah. been talking about this. And for those that don't know, you've actually really supported and helped me behind the scenes of Hello Beauty. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah, so, we've helped each other out a lot with uh, a lot of things in our life. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's time that people know what Kara's crew is and who Michael Pauling is. Well, it's awesome. I'm excited to kind of unfold a little bit of a story. Yes. So um, you grew up in East Texas. Yes. Talk to me about your childhood and also what led you to SoCal. Um, you know, I think the growing up in East Texas, I grew up in a, a home with four boys. Uh, my, my mom and my dad were very hardworking people. Um, we did grow up in a Christian environment that I think most people grew up in uh, the Midwest. So it comes with a little bit of values. Um, I think the only thing that I felt like maybe I was missing as a kid was uh, just really getting to do a lot of stuff. But other than that, it's a really good childhood. I had so much fun being able to, I think I told you some stories like actually playing in the trees and playing in the dirt and the rain and all that kind of stuff. And there was something about that kind of experience, uh, at least as a kid, that helped keep me out of my head a little bit. Because sometimes when you're caught up in school and you're caught up in your life, um, there's something about just playing in the dirt and playing in the trees and, and having that even with your neighbors or your brothers or whatever um, that maybe the kids don't get too much around here that I've noticed that I feel really was something special about uh, growing up there. You didn't um, really experience what a childhood should be like. I yeah, believe. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there could have been some, you know, everybody can always look for different things to mm -hmm. complain about. But as far as a childhood, it was definitely full of... Um, uh, being able to do a lot of like stuff like we weren't really watched when it came to like playing out in the in the fields either so it was one of those things where you'd come back with scratches and bruises and uh, sometimes a little bee sting or something like that but that was just part of being a kid at the time um, the only thing that I think that made me get away from the town is that I felt like I had enough of it right like everybody feels like they outgrow their town at some point um I stayed there until I was 18 and I moved to Dallas at 19. I wanted to just move to a bigger city uh, in Texas and that was the closest one. It was two hours west. Um, and then I did Dallas for about four years. I did start a business there as well. Actually, I started my first business at 18 uh, in Longview. It was a car washing and uh, on-site detailing business um, where I was also like pressure washing sidewalks for construction businesses and things like that too. It was very backbreaking, but at 18, 19, it wasn't a big deal. Um, I sold that company, moved to Dallas at 19, and then kind of started all over again, tried to start another business and uh, get my feet settled there. And one of the needs that I noticed there was they were building a lot of new properties and all these properties didn't have a concierge program. So I designed like concierge programs for these um, condos and apartment buildings that moved up. And one of the things about Dallas was uh, it really felt like 
it was that next stage in my life, right? Like really being, I didn't go to college. So this was kind of like my college experience. I was getting to be around other people that I wasn't around in high school. Uh, you meet a lot of cool people, but more than anything, I think that college experience is, uh, it's not about fun, but you also like are a little bit thirsty. I think you're kind of thirsty for trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. So I was thirsty with trying a lot of stuff, doing a lot of different things, experiencing, um, a lot of different stuff at the time because I really had the opportunity to do so. When you own your own business, you have a lot of time freedom. Um, but it kind of just took over me, um, you know, that whole business. And I was probably a little too young to really understand how to handle it. Um, all I knew at the time that I was looking for certain stuff and it was maybe money. Uh, I don't think money was like the, the main focus. It was more about, I don't know, maybe trying to prove something to myself and prove something to everybody, I guess. I don't really know. Uh, I didn't really think about it too much at the time. But anyway, it pushed me really too far. And after I got fed up with that, I decided to go to California. And uh, in the California thing, I drove, I took my time, I made it like a week or two. Um, and then I, I lived on the beach, I literally was like, I'm not going to come to California and, and live, you know, inland somewhere. So I lived right on the beach. It was amazing. Um, just being able to hear the ocean crash every day. It was really transformative being able to like add that to my to my journey um getting out of that work life a little bit and that starting to see like oh like life doesn't always have to be about um those heavy things that we add on to ourselves like jobs and career that sort of stuff yeah why california uh well i mean i guess you think about it maybe weather mm -hmm. that's the only thing you think about it. and where else would you really go i mean you can maybe try to go to florida but I don't know. There's, it just doesn't really make sense for my personality. And I had some friends in Los Angeles, so I didn't necessarily want to be in Los Angeles at the beginning. So I did San Diego first. Uh, and I think that was a good move because I wasn't necessarily there to work at the time anyway. I was there to relax, and uh, at least for the first year. And I mean, what better place to do it than on the beaches of San Diego? Yeah. How has growing up in the Midwest shape you professionally and personally? I'd say that probably the thing that really transform me the most is probably just the work ethic, I would say so. Um, there's a lot of positives and negatives to that. I mean, I think a lot of modern older people are complaining about the younger people maybe not having that work ethic. And I get that, right? I'm right in the middle. So I've, I've seen like the older men and all of that stuff, how hard they worked. And then I see the kids and what they're doing. Instant gratification. Instant gratification. But there's somewhere in the middle that I kind of feel lucky that I happen to be that um, I realize that hard work is very important, but what are we working for? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a lot of times when you're a kid, you're working for stuff that was forced in your head. It wasn't even stuff that you even came up with. And so I feel like as a kid, if you're really working super hard towards something that you really don't even know what you're working towards, this oftentimes can happen even before 30 years old. I hate to say uh, 25 is probably where people start getting a little more maturity, but you just don't know, you know, it's really hard at that age to really know what you're going to do. And so I think the hard work thing was great to know what it feels like, but something about that keeps you blinded to just live life sometimes when you're just focused on work. So there's little positives and negatives to it, but I'd say that's the one thing that I think it will always hold true to me that I feel like I have to keep a little part of that and like, not let, not let myself get too lazy, not let myself, um, and it's not about like working physically hard um, too much. It's just really about like always moving, I mm -hmm. think is really the purpose. Yeah. Amongst your friends and family, you have definitely been a driving force mm -hmm. in, you know, many of their decisions, big decisions where they have pursued their passions successfully. 
So what do you think is your advice to them that allow them to have that courage to pursue their passion and just do it boldly? Hmm. You know, it's one of those things that I felt like uh, when I was younger, I thought it was something that I could articulate um, with words. And, uh, you know, because I got asked that question before and, you know, you try to answer it oftentimes in a one minute thing. And, and, and I never really felt like I could. Um, that's part of re the reason why I felt like I'm going to start writing books to try to get a little more information out there. But I think one of the things that I realized over time, the easiest thing to do was to maybe lead more by example than to try to over explain myself. Um, I think the books will be helpful. Um, and, you know, you can only say so much in a book anyway. Um, but I think one of the things that I realized is like I, I have to be able to walk the walk a little bit more than just talking the talk. And I and one of the things when I realize is when you're walking the walk, people come and start asking you questions. And so then you're trying to start like making everything into these bite sized things. And then that's why a lot of people, I think, live in quotes, you know, because that's what helps them get through the day. Um, and then I started recognizing to myself that I wanted to let people know that who they are when they come to me is like who you are is already great. Who you are is already on the right path. You asking me the question is good. You're trying to add on to yourself, but don't think that being me or doing something like me will somehow make your life better because, I mean, every decision that I made was unique to me, really. Yeah, I think that's amazing because you've actually even, like, you have had friends that quit their day jobs to pursue their own businesses. Well, that's just, I think, I can't help it. I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, I felt like life has been so short uh, in my head, I'm always like, life is so short, life is so short. And it plays over maybe too much in my head sometimes. So the way I look at things, like when I'm hearing somebody speak about a passion or they're talking about something really important or I see them very hurt by something like, you know, their work environment or maybe they're talking about like something that they really want to do with their life. I'm like, I just couldn't imagine them going to bed and waking up without wanting to change it. You know what I'm saying? And like for me, it's like, do you really want to keep going on if you're complaining this much about it? Do you really want that to be your daily uh, uh, talk to yourself? You yeah, know? I think some people just need help in recognizing that. Because sometimes, oh, yeah. like what you mentioned yeah, earlier, they just get blinded about like the daily things that they have to tick off the boxes and achieve, right? You know, yeah, what society expects thing. of them. Yeah, I do the same thing. Like we all get blinded by, I mean, again, the work ethic thing. Like sometimes I work too much that I become blinded to those things. So yeah. sometimes I'm tr I often try to create uh, spaces so that I am stepping away to receive more things, uh, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. You started your first business at 18 and you haven't stopped since. And you've also helped many entrepreneurs along the way. What do you think is one common recurring hurdle that they experience? And what do you think they can do to avoid that or overcome that? Hmm. Overthinking, I would probably say what it is. Um, you know, the agency that I had last year, you know, working with businesses, the slogan that was kind of true, the through line for the year was, uh, you know, do, do it more than thinking it, right? Like that was kind of the idea. It was like, let's do more than thinking. And I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles that most people face. I mean, every time I talk to anybody, they're usually always giving me excuses. And I'm like, you're giving me an excuses. That's you're just setting up your own hurdle. I don't think an entrepreneur or somebody uh, that is, you know, really going passionately forward towards something that they really want is they're not going to want to put those things in front of themselves. If anything, they're going to look at them as opportunities, as something to catapult themselves over because they're closer to that opportunity. And so sometimes I really think it is more of a mindset than it's a tool that I can give somebody. It's like, 
it really is just a mindset switch, you know, like how you're looking at situations. Yeah, or analysis paralysis. Oh, completely. Like, and, just do it. You yeah, know? <laughs> completely. And I know it sounds a little weird, uh-huh. but I hate saying that kind of stuff because, again, every time you put something into a bite yeah. size, it makes people think things. Because on the other side of that, we see a lot of people start businesses with no thought at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's a lot of uh, poor quality, a lot of copies, a lot of things like that out there now because um, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or maybe they're trying to copy a friend or another person or somebody that they idolize when they're not doing it for the right reason. That won't last forever. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And yeah. I think it just as an entrepreneur, I feel like they have the pressure too. they think that just being an entrepreneur, they feel the need that they have to be risky, yeah. but that's not the case all the time. I mean, what right? would you say has been one of your biggest hurdles in the last few years of starting this business? Well, definitely I've, uh, insecurities, insecurities about what? more about, um, cause I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm always, <laughs> yes. You know, being in the beauty industry, yeah, I always want any, any, everything to look good and turn out good. Mm-hmm. So insecurities, even as a makeup artist, even if it's that one skill that I'm very confident with, I guess insecurities might sound like a negative term, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. don't think it is because I'm always, the fact that I feel like there is always room for improvement, it makes me just want to work harder. And I feel like I'm never content or complacent with whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So even if it's like a slow process and a slow growth, and I feel like I just have to keep going and keep learning, especially mm. in this space of like podcasting. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a, like a beauty writer or whatnot, but I definitely have like the over 10 years of beauty and makeup experience, mm-hmm. you know, that I have to, you know, kind of support me in these, this knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So. Well then congratulations. I mean, I think that's <laughs> the, that's the precipice, right? That's the point that we all want to reach that mm-hmm. we have that mental unlock where we can look at things that way, you mm-hmm. know? And I think when you reach that particular point, look at how things are feeling to you now. You just looked at your biggest obstacle as not mm. an obstacle. You just looked at it as something that is, if anything, going to be that big thing that catapults you to make the best podcast mm. because you're a perfectionist, but you're not holding yourself back from that perfection. It's like now you're using it and harnessing it. It's pretty much what this whole thing is about. Like in the absence of darkness is that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody's always talking about their dark times. Like, you know, I used to do a lot of counseling back in the day with people and everybody's coming to me complaining and it's their negative stuff. It's their dark yeah. times. I mean, the darkest times you could think of, uh, or that's what they're coming to me about. And if anything, I'm trying to let them look at what op- that thing as an opportunity, as something so beautiful. And it doesn't feel that way, right? Insecurity doesn't feel beautiful at the time. And, you know, going through something really stressful or maybe, uh, you know, you're like messed up in your head a little bit or whatever. It doesn't feel that great, at least at the time. As you get older, maybe you'll eventually see that. And I think that's what you basically my point is, is you found that maturity already in yourself and you now are starting to look at your negative things as positive things. And we start realizing like, well, then is anything negative really that negative? Right. You know, as we move forward, we start realizing like, is anything dark really that dark anymore? Um, And and when some dark thing comes up, do we have to be scared of it anymore? Yeah, they do say that you try to find the joy and the pain right yeah but yeah. i know it's just like it's hard it's easier said than done way easier said than that's why <laughs> it's harder for, that's why not everybody works out that's why there's more fat people than there are fit people mm-hmm. and you i know. think there's also a lot of experience that 
people have to go through for them to realize that, that nothing really matters, you know, mm. just go through with, with whatever makes you happy or whatever satisfies you. That's the hardest one for, uh, you know, a lot of people to hold on, even me, you know, yeah. like, like I said, cause we always try to put some sort of role and live by those roles. And then, yeah. then you go, well, I guess it really doesn't matter. And then sometimes that's good. It just helps you realize that you don't have to put too much pressure on anything. Yeah. And like what you said, life is too short. It really is. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Eat you can the cake. Change, you can change anything. <laughs> go ahead and eat it. If you're willing to do the, you know, face the consequences and do the work for it, do it. Yeah. But don't do something if you don't understand the consequences of it. That's the only difference. Yeah. Oh, and educate one, yourself a yeah, little bit first. That's so true. And one thing too, I, I'm always usually shy, mm. like around, you know, especially like being in front of the camera now. I'm like, that's the last thing that I would ever try to do, you know. But then somehow we talked about it before, you know, um, in our conversation before. There's something that just keeps, you know, kind of bringing me in, not the limelight, but making me, kind of, even just as a makeup artist, there are times that, you know, even if I work behind the scenes, there are instances where, you know, I get interviewed, you know, for like a magazine. Yeah. But so it's like it's there's no denying and I'm just kind of taking those instances as like a learning mm -hmm. type of, you know, like situation for me. Like, hey, you know, I can't deny that. Maybe I could use it as a tool. Yeah. And just don't fight it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the special thing that our generation has kind of unlocked and, and un uncovered. Like, you know, our parents and everybody before us thought that they had to work regular jobs and have regular careers. And even I grew up that way. Like I thought that I had to choose a career. So the whole time, like even when I had my own business as a younger person, I'm still thinking like, what is my career? What is this thing I'm supposed to be doing someday so that everybody can improve of me? And then I started realizing like, wait, you're not supposed to find your purpose in life as much as you kind of create your purpose in life. And it makes it a lot easier on yourself to realize like, what is, what am I given? That's the only thing that I have to work with. So what am I given? I'm just going to take that and start working with it. You develop your own scents, which we'll talk about in a minute. What do perfumes and scents mean to you? And is there a certain scent that sticks out and a memory that you can associate with it? Hmm. Well, you know, maybe not specifically fragrances too much. Um, as a young kid, the only sense I remember getting were those uh, Calvin Klein Christmas, uh, you know, sets that would come with everything that you would get from, uh, I don't know where those places come from. It was like the malls that those were closing stores, stores or something. Yeah. yeah, it was, you know, because you didn't really choose a scent. And so I, I don't think I really focused on it until I got a little older. I think for me, scents were always something that I paid attention to and I always thought were very interesting, but I don't think... I looked at fragrance as something interesting until I got a little bit older. And then you start realizing like, well, fragrance can be a representation of you just as much as it can be like a, a, uh, an item of clothing that you wear. Um, but more than anything, I think what we mostly recognize is that smells are good for bringing memory. Um, and, you know, that's what you, you even ask the same question. You're like, well, what's that, you know, that scent and what's the memory that it brings up, right? That's the thing that we always, you know, think about. And I guess if I'd really, you know, is it kind of horrible, but maybe sweet pea scent from Victoria's Secret that oh, my yeah. mom would wear as a kid. I think it was like that purple lotion. And I maybe mentioned it to you once before. That yeah. smell, I still can randomly smell it today on people 10 miles away. And it reminds me of, you know, so many different things. But it was just like when your mom just comes and gives you that big bear hug situation, oh. you just smear, smell the lotion on her or that whatever it was. And I think that that's, 
a sense of comfort maybe yeah i don't know <laughs> i know like even if usually certain scents would f uh, feel overpowering to a lot of people but for you it's a sense of comfort it's not even particularly about that because how it affects your nostrils it's yeah. really the memory that it's kind that of smell, you know stirs up in your gut yeah <laughs> yeah so now i want to talk about chiaroscuro okay what is chiaroscuro and how is it born well, Chiaroscuro has uh, been down, you know, where it wasn't originally called that, actually. The business has been down a, a, a little bit of a transition. You know, I wear all black pretty much. Um, I've connected with that community for a little while. Um, and I started the Instagram account probably five years ago called All Blacked Out. And it was basically just to build a community of people who liked the color all black and I was one of the first Instagram accounts that would just post everything that was in black and the aesthetic of black and uh and it was pretty wild how I started to meet so many people and you know at first I kind of thought that they would all be like me right you know, like heavily tattooed and piercings and they all love these like darker crazier things and I realized it's not everybody's like that actually there's so many different types of people that like to wear black or like that darker color and that darker aesthetic um and so I was like, I need to create a brand around it. So I won't go too deep into the story, but I did try to create the brand. Originally, it was called All Blacked Out. Um, we were trying to do clothes and, you know, it got really complicated with the partnership and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and so I had to do like a rework in a sense, like after, you know, I mean, maybe six months or a year of heavy work and investing and, you know, samples and all sorts of stuff and a lot of money invested. And, you know, and I had to almost like, refigure things out then and we ended up deciding to maybe just go with the fragrance because then I felt like honestly it was because I didn't have a fragrance for myself I was something really hard for me to find and I really felt like fragrance was something kind of special to me like if anybody ever asked me my favorite movie I'd always say perfume and it was and scent always felt special to me maybe more than conversation could even be yeah uh, you know I heard people say a picture's worth a thousand words and you know a scent can be worth an entire lifetime of, of words and memories and, and ideas and thoughts and dreams and stuff and so I just keep thinking like there's something special about that there and I got the opportunity to meet this amazing perfumer in Los Angeles and the way he talked to me about it was really getting to know me personally and getting to know like who I am and what I'm trying to give off with this smell and and that's what we kind of got the opportunity to bottle a little bit you know this is actually tattooed on my my neck it was one of my first tattoos called in the absence of darkness um and so that's why i decided to name the fragrance it's a very it's a little darker and edgier it is a unisex fragrance um but it's got that you know leather tobacco turkish rose amber but it's really you know it reminds me of that darker time in my life. And I feel like it's always there for me. I like to live in and out of those dark and light moments, uh, you know, as far as perspective, not physically always living in them. Um, but again, like the darkness, one of those moments, it's like the leather and the tobacco It's like, I used to smoke cigarettes. You know, I had the, I remember like leather seats, the leather jackets, just, I was really into that kind of stuff, you know, leather belts, leather bracelets, uh, but then also like the idea of it still feeling like a little soft and subtle. Um, I'm not a big fan of, I didn't want the scent to feel like you were smelled before you walk into the room. It really, I'm not like that personally. And so I didn't want the scent to feel that way. I wanted the scent to feel like 
you have to be close to me to get to know me, right? And that's the way the scent kind of is. It's maybe comes across a little strong at first, but when you kind of live with it a little bit, it can be very comfortable and soft. And, uh, and again, it's not going to be, you know, I like it because it's not too heavy, but it, it just, it just definitely feels a little bit of heaviness. It kind of makes me feel warmth mm -hmm. maybe. So Karis Kuro has a luxury vibe, but it's definitely attainable. Why do you think this is important? I think that's just, again, the brand's kind of always just reflecting me as much as it possibly can be. Um, I got a little taste for luxury when I was working for like these luxury um, businesses. It was a um, kind of like a knockoff of Nobu a long time ago. And then I started working for Nobu, uh, coincidentally. Uh, years later as well so just being around that kind of stuff and then I started also making money at a young age going and shopping at Neiman Marcus and starting to see the difference between what luxury was and then maybe just the stuff that I grew up with uh, in East Texas and when I started recognizing that like you know quality is something that's kind of important I realized it very early in my age and I always felt like that was something that was uh I guess I wanted to be known for that, right? Like I wanted every single time I did any business, every time I ever worked with anybody, I wanted them to go at least with Michael. We know that quality isn't something that's important to him. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of one of those things that I felt like I had to make sure that this also came across that way. Like the business will evolve and obviously the fragrance will evolve and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and that sort of thing, along with all the packaging and that sort you know, and that stuff. So I don't put too much pressure on it, but yeah, that was like where I started it. Yeah, and I, I think what you mentioned earlier, it's the brand Caroscuro really represents Michael Paul Lane, you know. You you know, like you, you know what luxury feels like and tastes like, but when people get to know you, you're very down to earth. Yeah. So that's why in yeah. a sense it's attainable. And I yeah. feel like people can relate to it, even if maybe some people are not used to it. Yeah, that's good. I hope so. And I think again, maybe if I can get better at just educating people about myself. Uh, then maybe that's one of the things that will help people educate a little bit more about like these types of fragrances and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, we have the pr the products here. You yeah. have the oil. I version. brought it all actually. Yeah, so there's the oil that actually has um, it's a fractionated coconut oil mm -hmm. and vitamin E, which is good for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I, it's it's really honestly almost like a body fragrance, heavily fragranced body oil, and I made it very concentrated because I wanted to have that luxury, just that leather tobacco to come, you know be on your nose. And, uh, and last for a, a nice while. So it's probably over 25% concentration in the bottles of the fragrance as well. Um, I love putting them on for when you're just needing it to be more subtle, especially just like mm -hmm. at nighttime when you're trying to be around just somebody, but you're not trying to give off your fragrance, but like when, you know, maybe a lover or something like yeah. that, you know, and just having it near you, it feels good. Yeah, I love the scent, and I've been wearing it for months. It's, it's, it's you know, I have to tell people that you were also a part of my business as well, too. Oh, You've helped yeah, me with the from you. the aesthetic, but also with the smell, too. You know, yeah. you were a part of it, even though it was really my thing. Like, I needed that female perspective mm -hmm. of somebody that understood quality, and you got it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the 30 ml You the Perfume yeah. and the 15 ml Wheel the Perfume. Yeah. Why did you come out with two versions i kind of just wanted it to be you know i really liked the two different versions originally one of the things that i was taught was that you know you couldn't ship these bottles internationally and so i was like man i needed to be able to i actually had a bigger following internationally than i did mm -hmm. uh here in the states come to find out it's not what i thought it was but so i ended up just started working on this project and i decided i needed to do the oil thing a little bit for me, but also for other people. And I, I actually love having a little bit of both. Um, yeah, the oil is great for traveling uh, as well. So it's something I can always kind of keep a little bit close to me. 
Um, and then the same thing with the 30 ml. It's really perfect for traveling, so it's not going to be too big or bulky, and it fits pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I love, usually I go for the lighter, clean, and fresh scents, but this one, even if it's a bit heavier, I surprisingly love it not because like you said that i was a part of it i mean you know bias being biased aside but like so i was like very surprised that i ended up falling in love with the fragrance and the scents because you know the days that i would you know i would test it out in the beginning i would be so surprised that it would just change like along with my mood throughout the day Mm -hmm. because i don't have like one flat mood throughout the day i don't think anyone has right so throughout the day it you know, in the beginning, it would be kind of heavy and strong, but in a good way because you want to feel like, okay, this is going to last me the whole day. Yeah, it feels like luxury a little bit yeah. when you're getting on. Your yeah, definitely. Yeah. It does remind me of um, that Hermes oh, <laughs> perfume yeah. that my mom has. Yeah, it reminds me of like leather stores, mm-hmm. leather ba- like high-end leather bags, uh, you know, that sort yes. of thing like that, like, you know. Definitely, fancy yeah. Fancy purses. But like on me, maybe because like our chemistries are different also, um, as the day goes by, it becomes very fresh. Oh and yeah, it always sounds kind of the softness, light. right? And then you said that on my on me, it smelled fresh. I mean, yeah, like it's sweet. Like a, it's Sorry, like a sweet, sweet rosy yeah. musk that I don't know how it ended up that way, but it always it just it just really transforms to come across really soft uh, and not so complex. It just has like a mm-hmm. real simple that uh, you can't even put your nose on it. But a lot of people keep trying to describe it when they get to that level, and I've had a lot of people say different stuff, but. That's the point, right, at that level is for them to find their own memory. Yeah, and that's the unique thing about fragrances, that which we love. Yeah. Each person will have a different experience, and it will smell different on yeah. them. Yeah. And the smell, you know, again, it's not meant for everybody. If you look at a lot of the fragrance places, you know, the ones that are designed like this little heavy, woody, spicy, mm-hmm. earthy, that sort of stuff, they're not really the most popular ones and there's only usually one or two of them at neiman marcus and bloomingdale's and those types of places and yeah not everybody's looking for those um and so that's kind of the point that i'm it's kind of like me right i'm not for everybody either um that's kind of the way it is i'll have other smells in the future and other fragrances in the future that i think other people will be able to relate to um everybody's going to relate to a different one in a different way but this one i felt like I had to start with this one because it was the biggest version of who I am. Like this really is me. Like I am dark and edgy and I do come across a little strong at first, but if you just get a, you know, a little mm-hmm. time and stuff like that, it really I am kind of soft. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite term is classy with an edge. It yeah. definitely applies to that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. 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 But I think when we were creating it, I was like I want something classy with an edge. Yeah, you that's know? who you that's who you've always described yourself and you know what you wanted in your businesses and what you wanted and I like that. I think that that's Maybe how we connected, uh, I don't know, six years ago on mm-hmm. doing these business projects. Like, we really saw that from the beginning. Yeah. I believe the scent is perfect now for the holidays. Yeah. You know, it winter. is good for the winter time, I think. Yeah. yeah. It, it has, like, like we said, I do agree. It has that comforting effect, you know, that warm mm-hmm. feeling that it really does. envelopes around you. It's not cinnamon, but it gives you a little bit yeah. of that cinnamon feel, too, or something. You know, how cinnamon makes you that comforty, sweet feeling. I don't know. It feels warm, like too. Yeah. It could be the spices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is something that you have been excited with lately? Or that you're curious of? Hmm. Uh, well, you know, I guess there's... <laughs> We're the, laughing yeah. because I, I kind of already kind of know what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, but I just didn't want to mm, creep everybody out by saying I don't think it's it. creepy, but I think it's interesting, actually. Okay, well, obviously, you know... Creepy is actually more inter- of an 
like ex- exaggerated term, I think. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that will get, you know, and if they're anything like yeah. you and me, they'll get it, right? <laughs> so um, we've even talked about this a little bit, and you've had some incredible people on the podcast, specifically even the doctor, uh, you know, uh, Loretta talking about the indoor pollution being worse than outdoor pollution, yes. and we talk about, you know, what everything is giving off, the fumes in a sense that everything is giving mm-hmm. off to us. Um, and then, then your surroundings and your environment affecting your oh health and your gut microbiome. Yeah, completely, yeah. right? And and we talk about the things all the time, just the things in our life. But what I've been thinking about recently is the people. <laughs> uh, you know, like we do say, you know, you are a, the, a part of the five people you hang around or something mm. like that, whatever the quote is. I think that works in a physical level in a sense yeah. as well because humans are shedding dead skin cells constantly, right? And so... I've even heard this statement before from a scientist that we're breathing in the dead skin cells of Adam and Eve, right? The original humans and, you know, George Washington and all those people, like, there's small samples. They never go away, and right? Energy's all, not created nor destroyed, destroyed. In a sense, right? So the idea is that this is always around. And who knows if that's really true? We <laughs> can't know? prove that yet. But there is a version of that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, here living just in Hollywood, I just go to the corner store to go get something I'm crossing 15 or 20 people within those few seconds. And I'm just thinking about there's these millions of people shedding dead skin cells all over. So instead of you are what you eat, like I'm thinking you are what you breathe, right? Like, and if I've lived in this environment for three to five years and three to six years or however long it takes for your body to do this full changeover, it's like, how much of me is the dead skin cells, those particular particles, I guess, of those people in this environment and how does that affect me do I become a version of those people in a weird way I think I agree (laughs) to that and I know it might sound weird but I think like what you said whatever you're feeding your body yeah you you are feeding your cells that same thing yeah you know you're fueling it those yeah and things. if we're breathing i mean imagine what the air is made up of it's not like we're all just yeah. breathing in this amazing fresh oxygen all yeah. the time i mean which is why a lot of people like choose you know when they start families or i don't know when they kind of just mm-hmm. probably finally have that light bulb effect oh i need to move out of the city right yeah maybe so and mm-hmm. i think that we you know uh everybody feels it at different times like you can sometimes just feel a little bit of an allergy or something mm. from the city. And I think I just kind of get a little bit lucky that I get to travel and get out and do that kind of stuff. And having some family in Texas is nice. You know, you get that opportunity just to get away a little bit every once in a while just to breathe different air. <laughs> oh, I need an air purifier. That's yes. like one of my holiday. Top of list. Yeah, that's my Christmas, you know, I don't know, number one list for a myself. Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Maybe. all that stuff. It's, it's literally the time to buy everything right Yeah, now. for the listeners, if you have any suggestions on the best air purifier, yeah. let me know. Comment below. <laughs> Comment below or slide into my DMs. No. <laughs> Isn't that weird, that term? It is a little weird. I don't weird, even but know. I think but people, but yeah, people whatever. I don't know, you know, those internet, like, terms nowadays that is the term <laughs> well i want to ask you this question that i ask every guest i wonder what this question oh, could possibly be <laughs> here at hello beauty we have a philosophy and it's say hello to the beauty in you what advice can you give to those who are trying to discover their beauty within um you know i feel kind of lucky i've been having the opportunity to hear countless people come through this room and and really give great explanations and so i didn't really want to give the same thing that everybody says, of course. So when I was really thinking about this, one of the things that I feel like probably reflected with me the most is that if I'm really trying to see um, how beautiful I might be on the inside, 
maybe the best way to figure that out is to see how are other people perceiving me. Um, and, and I feel like one of the ways I could maybe do that, it's like when I was a kid, there's a story that I always kind of think about is like when I was a really young kid, we played this game that we called the lane game. And the idea of the game was that you would say five uh, like honest like more on the mean side thing to your brothers and your parents and each person in the car. And then you'd have to do five honest, positive things at the end. So it always ended in positive. Um, but there was something about that habit of being able to be okay with hearing um, what you're not good at, or maybe like one of the things that you're maybe making other people annoyed uh, with or something like that. And in a sense, that kind of makes you a more beautiful person when you're able to like hear what people are saying about you and grow from it and learn from it a little bit and let that be your guiding light, you know, and you don't have to hold on to things too much. We don't really have to necessarily give ourselves a whole bunch of pressure um, from those ideas. But I think the idea is that we kind of carry them with us instead of carrying them on top of us. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's just the same thing as constructive criticisms, right? It mm. is basically the way I was looking at it. And I feel like, you know, we do live in a world where a lot of people are trying to live somewhat unapologetically. And I do understand that because I'm somewhat like that myself. Um, and I do believe we want to be that way a little bit. Like, let's be ourselves, the best version of ourselves. But we're all just copies. We really are. <laughs> like, even if I think that I'm going to be the most individual version of myself, what am I doing? I'm doing small copies of tons of different people anyway, right? So nothing is really going to be that new. So I shouldn't try to feel that prideful in myself. So the idea is, is that if I don't have that much pride, then I should be able to go to my friends and go to my family and go to maybe to my significant other ones and ask them that question of like what they think about me and, and try to have that really open dialogue. And sometimes you just kind of see it naturally. If you're seeing somebody screaming at you or some sort of interaction is happening to you on a regular basis, maybe that already is your sign of how you're treating people. Like if you happen to be the same person that interacts, I don't know why, but I just keep arguing with all my coworkers. Well, you kind of happen to be the same common denominator in all of that. So those are the kind of people that aren't open to hearing those things, uh, right? So they kind of come across a little ugly, right? When you see those people, they can be a beautiful person physically, but they come across so ugly uh, mm -hmm. with how they treat people. Yeah, I've learned that recently from a coworker who is like a manager and they said that they learned something that, you know, during their training, they said to improve their employees, if you want to bring up like a situation, an issue, you talk about the issue, but also add five more compliments, like what you're mentioning. Mm. You know, you start off with the raw yeah. and honest opinion, but you also end it with positive notes. Yeah. Because that's just how the human brain is wired. You know, I like agree, we yeah. just naturally, whatever is quote unquote negative, of course, you'll just have maybe an immediate um, negative reaction it to it. It doesn't feel as good mm -hmm. immediately. I think I've gotten to the point where it feels a little better to me uh, now. Um I mean, that's why, like, again, I was doing that as a little boy. So I think and also just being as an entrepreneur working in the restaurant industry, you get so used to like brutal honesty mm. um, that it's just a, such a huge part of who I am now that I'm like, like, I couldn't imagine not being honest with myself um, or honest with other people. I just don't know any other way. Mm -hmm. And it's part of you learning and growing as a person, being brave to be open to mm. these things. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about your hair and skincare routine. Oh, morning and night, quickly in include products. Very quickly. Um, I don't, I don't really have a lot of products that I super focus on. I like just because you know, in the last like five six years since I've known you, I've been so lucky 
to get all these random products and <laughs> overflow from you. So I don't feel like I've ever really had to focus on it too much. But there's been a few things that I think that will always stay with me. Um, one of them is grapeseed oil that I use on my hair and my body for my tattoos. Um, I just use it on everything. And I immediately when I get out of the shower, when I'm a little bit moist still, I'll, I'll use that. Um, and then maybe Dr. Bronner's soap. I just love the versatility of it. And um, and I like the hippity-dippity part of it, I guess, too, um, mm. with both of those things. I like the idea that I'm keeping it as natural as possible, maybe. I think that's why I stuck with those two things. And more than anything, I think as I've gotten older, is I just try to see what my body reacts to, and it just reacts well to those things. And that's why I'm like, I'll just stick with that. You know, it's no reason to try and go any other direction. I agree. Those were actually the two products that I also always have with me. Oh, it was weird. Like when we first met, like we literally had the same, so many of the same products, but those were two things in particular that we were like, kind of like really yeah. loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there's like one thing, if they, you know, if people strip me off of my, you know, like, this privilege mm-hmm. of me receiving products and stuff, I would always go back to Dr. Bronner's and grapeseed mm. oil. What's your favorite uh, scent of the Dr. Bronner's? I ones? like all. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've seen me like yeah, buy of course, all, they're all amazing. The, the scents. Yeah, it's hard to pick. I like up. mixing them. Have you have you started to do that a little bit? You have to be careful. Sometimes yeah. it'll come across a little ugly smelling because you just yeah. mix all these scents. <laughs> but like. Yeah, a little rose lavender, yeah. you know, it's not so bad to mix. But if I had rose to pick. Rose almond, I like that too. Yeah, if I had to pick, it would be the hemp almond. It's more of like the nutty yeah, flavor. It's the nice. green one, I think. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I kind of stick with the blue one a lot that has the little tingly feelings mm-hmm. in it, you know, forever. I just love that peppermint tingle feeling. And I think that's also a guy thing I've heard. Invigorating, I guess. I think that's what it is. Yeah, we to, like the, to makes wake us you think up. that it's working a little bit, and you, yeah, you yeah. feel like woken up for it for sure from it. Yeah, and the grapeseed oil, I like. You know, I also used to just you know once in a while use it on my my face also, and I've never broken out from it. That's and, nice. Like, I, I don't know if anybody would ever necessarily break out from it or not. Um, I don't know. I guess I it would know. be different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, unless they just keep applying it and never washing their face. So it's just that's probably come. the biggest problem. I <laughs> yeah. think it's usually diet and cleanliness and stress mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff again that really is our biggest problems. Yeah. What is something exciting in store for you and or Karaskuro? Um, I think the most exciting thing is coming out with the next scent for the fragrance. Um, I didn't necessarily describe this too well before, but the brand Karaskuro, um, the original word, if you ever go and Google it, um, it has to do with the contrast of light and dark in art. Um, and so the brand kind of reflects that it's a big reflection of myself, that light and dark contrast that, you know, that yin yang, uh, battle that, you know, we all kind of live with. Um, and in the absence of darkness is obviously the darker, edgier side of this. And so I wanted to do something a little bit lighter and softer. And so the next scent is going to be called lost and learned. Um, you know, this in the absence of darkness is for us to think about those dark moments or when we're in those dark moments and recognize them as beautiful. Uh, and, and, you know, when you smell the smell, it doesn't feel, it smells beautiful, right? It feels beautiful. Then that's what I wanted it to feel like. And so with Lost and Learn, this is a reflection of those people that we've lost in our lives. Um, and a lot of people have lost somebody at some point in their life. And there's some extreme reflection that happens during those moments. And when you're stuck in extreme reflective moments, some of the things that carry with us the most, at least for me, have been since, you know, like I, you know, I can remember the smell of the, the flowers at these funerals. And I can remember the smell of like the trees when you're outside, um, you know, during these moments and stuff like that at a, at a, you know, 
a person's funeral. And so all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking about like the idea of being able to have that in a memory would be very special. And so I've been working on this one. It's going to take a little time. Like we just started working on it. We are obviously going through the holidays, but I really like the idea of coming out with like a lighter version as well. Like all this, the smells are unisex, but this is one of those things that's going to be a little lighter and softer, more, maybe a little more flowery. Yeah. Uh, I would say like in the absence of darkness, is that also your tattoo? Yeah. Lost yeah. Yeah. Life. So, yeah. So this is another tattoo as well. Um, I am, thinking also as well probably what i'm going to do is have little books or pamphlets for each fragrance because obviously these tattoos have stories and i'm going to be telling my stories as i go through my life that is a part of what my journey is into the future um but yeah writing these books about what my journeys were and like what were those dark moments and how did i reflect on those and and the idea is not necessarily about mine specifically too much as much as, as i want other people to reflect on their dark moments and them to see them as something special and 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 the lost and learn i want people to do that same thing next year when i'm able to come with that i want people to feel when they read the book and they get the scent and they go through that experience they're going through that memory of that person that they lost but it gives them a sense of positive fuel to go and really do what they decided to do with themselves when they ever they had that experience in the first place because what happens is, is you go through these crazy experiences and it transforms you in that moment but then what happens a week later, a month later, and you're back into your bad habits, you're back into your old habits, and we almost forget it, you know? And so it's like, I don't want to forget that. So it's like, how can I bottle that memory? This is what the next stage is. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully when you have that next line of your fragrance, you can come back and describe no, it. I don't think so. No, okay. I'm very booked up next year. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. Of course. Of no, course. I'm banning you from now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no, you're a huge part of everything. Like you've been a part of this fragrance. You've been a, you're going to be a part of everything. Yeah. Probably, you know, we've spent so much time with mm. each other that at this point of my life, I am a version of you as well. Because of the skin cells that Back we... to the dead skin cells. <laughs> that we have been inhaling and absorbing. Oh yeah, my I'm goodness. turning into you. That's why like, I think when we talk about like, why couples start looking like each other after a while. Think yeah. about that one. Well, it'll be my pleasure to be a part of it in any way or form. Awesome. What are your social channels and where can they find you? Well, I'm not a social animal. I do mm. not have my own personal social media because I help a lot of other people with social media for a living. Um, so you could probably just follow the brand. Um, and I am going to try and get a little more personal on the brand's Instagram, Kiaroscuro. For those who don't know, we're going to spell it Q-I-A-R-O-S-K-U-R-O. So, yeah, pretty easy to do. Go to the website. Um, but, yeah, I think the Instagram for now is what's popular. I am going to try and do, like, uh, I think more, like, personal YouTube and stuff mm -hmm. like that probably in the next year or so because um, I want to – obviously, I've got the books and all that kind of stuff, which are a way to describe and tell my story. But I feel like maybe long-form content would be a little bit better for me in the future. Yeah, everyone should check out the website or Instagram. So many beautiful, beautiful images. Uh -huh. I mean, side yeah, note, great team. yeah, side note and quick story, that baby sheep, uh, or is it a lamb? I don't know. I think we call it a lamb. Yeah, yeah was born on that morning. It was we 11 hours it. old or something like that on the day of the photo shoot. So it was such a blessing. So surreal, such a blessing. Um, and that reminds me, I still need to send those people <laughs> the photos from yes. that day. That was from a long time ago. Well, and also, I mean, you're going to be posting more. 
yeah of course yeah we'll just i'm always going to be there. posting more and trying to reflect uh the brand as much as possible through that uh, media content okay well thank you so much for spending time thank with us today you. michael all right <laughs>